Okay, here we are. Episode 15 at last. Now, I realize this is the longest I've gone without posting a new episode, and I'm sorry for that. I had a lot of things going, including a new PC, and shout out goes to my friend Majid and his wife for helping me buy and assemble this PC. This episode is now possible finally because of you. So now as we heard Allah tell Bani Israel that this Quran is their way back, how do they and we find this correct path? What does Allah want from us? Welcome back. Welcome back to the one podcast you need to destroy Islam with mere words. You see, we Muslims, we follow the strangest and most strict of rituals, from never consuming blood in any shape or form to only taking things using our right hands. We do not do this because it makes sense. We do this because 1400 years ago, an illiterate Arabian shepherd received a message from beyond the veil, from mankind's maker and benefactor, in the name of Allah, the Rahman, the Merciful. The Quran is nothing short of miraculous. It is composed of the most beautiful Arabian words ever uttered. It is actually sung, not read. Quran has been stumping Arabian poets for 1400 years. No one could bring its equal. Quran also has a magnificent scope. From the time when Allah tore apart the tapestry that was the heavens and the earth, to the number of angelic wardens over Jahannam, or hell as it is known in the Western world. The Quran challenges you to disprove it. Check out episode 5 of this podcast if you haven't already. If you claim this is only a fabrication by this Arab man, then you must be able to outdo him. Bring about a single surah of its likeness and you win. Call on your theologians, your historians, your poets. Use your computers, your AI and your PhDs. Use anything and anyone under Allah's sky. If you cannot beat a single illiterate Arabian shepherd, and you won't, then you must see that this is beyond human and therefore from Allah. To recap, last episode we saw Allah wrapping up the deal with Bani Israel. Segments of them threw all of their heritage, their books, and their knowledge behind their backs. What books of Allah? What prophets of Allah? We know nothing about these things. These things are metaphors. They are not literal. They have accepted and filled their books with fairy tales about magical powers and sorcery that can shape the physical world. They even claim that Suleiman's magnificent kingdom was shaped by sorcery. Even as they know from their books that this claim is tantamount to accusing Suleiman or Solomon, as he's known in the Western world, uh, of betraying Allah's covenant. And so Allah settles that score once and for all. No, Suleiman did not betray Allah's covenant and Suleiman was not a sorcerer. Sorcery is also only a trial carried by two angels, Harut and Marut, in the city of Babel. Those angels didn't do so of their own accord. They were ordered to carry this trial by Allah. Sorcery is nothing but a trifle that affects the human mind and emotion, only if Allah allowed it. This claim that Suleiman used sorcery to build his kingdom is as if you said today that the modern world economy is powered by gigantic hamster wheels hidden somewhere. And this is ridiculous. Bani Israel, you are beyond recognition. You live in an upside-down world, a world with great sorcerous powers that can shape the physical world and craft magnificent kingdoms, a world where Suleiman, your own pious prophet king, is actually an evil sorcerer. And if you are truly faithful, if you truly seek to be of the people of Allah, then here is your path back to Allah. This is where you are restored to your rightful place. If only they knew. With that, let's start our newest episode. Ayah 104 You who amanu, do not say ra'ina and say unzurna 
and listen, and to the kafirin, torments, painful. Now there are more Arabic words in this ayah than I intended, so let's break it down. You is not an ideal translation for the Arabic word ya. Ya is an Arabic calling word. Uh, say you are chatting with a group of people and you want to speak to a specific person named Hazim. The way you do that in Arabic is to say ya Hazim. The same format was used earlier when Allah directed his words at all of mankind in ayah 21 episode 5. Also when Allah addressed Bani Israel, the same form again, Ya Bani Israel, Ayah 47, Episode 8. There is no direct translation for Ya in English. Now this is a very special moment. You who amanu, you of faith, you who opened your hearts to Allah and His words. Allah is calling on you. This is the very first time Allah addresses us. Those who submitted their hearts in peace to the creator of the heavens and the benefactor of mankind. If you accepted the message of Allah, if you are reading Quran in order, this is Allah's first address to you. Do not say ra'ina and say unzurna. Now ra'ina is an Arabic word. It means uh, take care of us. Unzurna is another Arabic word. It means keep an eye out for us. The two words are almost interchangeable 100% of the time. Now, this is somewhat unexpected. Our very first ever specific commandment from Allah to those of faith is simply word choices. It does not even carry well into other languages. It is simply that if you are speaking Arabic and you wish to ask someone to take it easy with you, to slow down for you, Allah prohibits you from using the word Raina and use instead Undurna. The ayah continues, and listen. Remember when Allah gave Bani Israel their covenant as he raised above them the Tor mountain, ayah 93, episode 12? Allah said to them back then, and listen, the exact same words. Recall though that Bani Israel back then said, we heard and we disobey. They wanted to negotiate and question Allah back then. This is crucial for us, the faithful. There is a powerful synergy here. Allah used the same words to drive home the message. We are about to be given our own covenant, same as Bani Israel back then. Allah is saying to us, listen, pay attention, heed my commands. How will we respond? Will we say as Bani Israel said back then, we heard you Allah but we need to understand before we accept, or we heard and we disobey? Even if the command is as much of a trifle as a choice of words. The ayah continues, and to the kafirin, torments, painful. Kafirin is those who choose to cover themselves of Allah's light. This means that knowingly, intentionally disobeying the simplest command, even word choices, is a sin worthy of painful torments. So let's put all of this together. If you're of the people of Allah, know that Allah demands absolute obedience even over your speech, whether we are given a reason or not, we are to hear and obey. Knowingly, intentionally disobeying the orders of Allah is worthy of painful torments. Note one of the reasons why I open every episode with the words, we do not do this because it makes sense, we do this because Allah told us so. Ayah 105 They like it not. They who kafaru of the people of the book, nor the heathens, 
when brought down upon you of goodness from your Rabb. And Allah favors with his mercy whomsoever he pleases, and to Allah is the bounty, the great. So they who kafaru, who intentionally cover themselves so as not to see Allah's light, whether they are of the people of the book or if they are of the heathens who worship other deities beside Allah, both parties like it not when our Rabb, the manager, the nurturer, Allah, brings down of his bounty to us, the faithful. Allah specifically says, يُنَزِّلُ or brings down. This goodness was brought from high up down to us. What goodness was brought down to Muslims? The only such thing that fulfills this criteria, you know, being brought down to Muslims was Quran. Muslims did not receive the man and selwa, nor given magnificent kingdoms that defied logic like Bani Israel. And know the next part. Allah and Allah favors with his mercy whomsoever he pleases. Now, favors is not an ideal translation for يختصو. The Arabic word means to favor someone to the exclusion of all others. Allah is telling us here, we will be given what no other nation on earth was given before us, hence the word يختصو. This means that this Quran that was brought down to the faithful is a great gift. In this Quran is a special mercy, a mercy beyond what all other nations were given, beyond the magnificent kingdoms of Sulaiman, beyond everything before it or after it. This Quran is such a magnificent gift that other nations of mankind will look at it with envy, be they worshippers of Allah or not. Why are Muslims having such an easy ride? How can some desert nomads come up with such a system? Allah is telling us, dear listener, Muslims are to be given an exclusive deal. Muslims are to be given the manual. Maybe we'll not understand every button we press, but it's going to be so good, so straightforward and easy. Follow this and you will get the maximum outcomes for the least efforts. You might even get to completely bypass long-standing challenges facing mankind and their societies. Now one might ask, why give such a promise and such a blessing to the Arabs? Is it fair for Allah to say that he will exclusively favor this nation with some incredible mercy, some incredible, some incredible gift that was never before seen by mankind? And the answer is, this is not for the Arabs, this is not for Bani Israel. Recall back Ayah 21, Episode 5. Allah made his very first address to all of mankind. Come, submit to your Maker. This nation from now onwards is all of mankind, whoever you are. If you take Allah's light to heart, this gift, this promise is for you. For anyone who didn't accept Allah's light, why would you stand on the sidelines and fume about who was given what? Come and partake. If your tribalistic tendencies are in the way, don't blame anyone but yourself. And this is another clear sign for mankind. Allow me to make a small detour. Recall that the U.S. has failed in its 22 years of occupation of Afghanistan to assimilate the Afghani people in the American democratic systems, even as the Americans brought with them medicine, food, and exceptional technology. The same could be seen throughout the world. Even the smallest nations resist and fight back against an invading superpower. Can you imagine the reverse being successful? Can you imagine a scenario where an unknown Afghani tribe manages to create a complex government system and uses it to conquer and assimilate the United States, Russia, and China. Can you imagine the residents of these three superpowers embracing this new system and becoming an integral part of this rising nation? 
The Arabs were always a fledgling nation of warring tribes. Raiding and pillaging was the everyday reality for them back then. There was not a single large-scale population center in almost all of Arabia, very little in the way of technology or food production, mostly shepherds chasing after rains across the desert. The Arabs of 1400 years ago were the equivalent of a baby nation sandwiched between the Persian Empire, which had nearly a thousand years history of dominance, and its rival, the Roman Empire, just as powerful as the first. Both were in their prime. Those nomadic Arabs, coming up with a complex system for governance and using that system to conquer and assimilate two superpowers is not a freak of nature. It is impossible. It is in line with Isa ibn Maryam, or Jesus son of Mary as he is referred to in the Western world today, talking from his cradle. This is the equivalent of Musa striking a stone with a staff and 12 streams of water pouring out. It is impossible. Babies don't talk, sticks don't cause stones to split into water fountains, and the tiny tribe from a nation of nomadic raiders do not suddenly come up with complex systems for managing debt, uh, marriage, and laws of inheritance. The answer is straightforward. Just as it was impossible for Isa ibn Maryam to talk in his cradle unless Allah made him so, it was impossible for the Arabs to create such systems unless Allah gave it to them. Finally, the ayah concludes, and to Allah is the bounty, the great. Even that blessing Allah promises us Muslims exclusively in the form of the greatest system ever, the manual for mankind, is the tiniest of things in the grand infinite bounty of Allah. Now, an ideal translation based on meaning would be, and to Allah is the ultimate, the never-ending or uh, infinite bounty. However, I am trying to stick to the original promise of giving you a word-for-word translation as long as the English structure will allow it. Even with that approach, I cannot tell you how much of the power and beauty is lost in translation. My translations are almost complete mishmash compared to the original. Even as I am directly translating from Arabic to English, not jumping through any extra hoops or other languages. Ayah 106 Whichever we revoke of an ayah or disappear, we bring its better or like it. Haven't you learned that Allah is of everything, Qadir? Now, revoke is almost a direct translation of the Arabic word nansahu, which means to cancel, replace, or reverse a command. Disappear is not an ideal translation for the Arabic word nunsiha. The Arabic word means to make forgotten, to make something forgotten. So in this Quran, in this manual or constitution, Allah holds absolute legislative power. This is paramount. This Quran, this text is sacred. It cannot be changed. No one is authorized to make any adjustments. Only Allah can revoke or disappear an ayah. Allah also promises us, every time an ayah is revoked or made forgotten, it is because we are ready to progress and a better ayah will take its place. There is an important lesson here as well. If some ayahs in Quran are revoked by other ayahs, it means you cannot cherry pick. You have to take the full book of Allah to heart. The ayah continues. Haven't you learned that Allah is of everything Qadir? Haven't you learned is a rhetorical question. Remember, this address is for the faithful, the mu'minun, those who accepted that Allah has created the heavens and the earth for us, plant life, rain systems, etc. But Allah describes himself here with one more word, Qadir. Qadir is rooted in the Arabic word Qadr, which means quantity in English. Imagine the captain of a ship, 
making precise measurements and minute adjustments all the time to the course of a ship to keep it steady. That is just one aspect of the word Qadir, and to Allah is the highest of examples. Now, Qadir in this form is the ultimate quantifier, measurer, allocator, estimator. There is no direct word in English for that. So Allah is telling us in this ayah, haven't you yet understood this? Allah has the measure of everything, every minute detail, every falling leaf, every gust of air, every raindrop, every breath taken, every child in every womb, the trajectories of the sun and moon, the locations of the stars. Allah has those measures. Allah has decreed those measures. Allah is in absolute control of the whole system that is the heavens and the earth. Allah is the ultimate determining factor in this world. And just so, Allah has the exact measure of our hearts. We will be given the exact quantity of what we need to know and learn until we are ready for the next stage. Ayah 107 Haven't you learned that to Allah is the kingdom of the heavens and the earth? And to you, there are none beneath Allah of patron nor champion. Now, kingdom is not an exact translation to the Arabic word mulk. The Arabic word means ownership and power, which is different than the English word kingdom. Allah in this ayah is informing us that he owns everything in the heavens and the earth. All property, life forms, sun and stars, mankind, etc. All, everything belongs to Allah. This is an important distinction. Your right as a Muslim to yourself, to property, to everything is secondary to Allah's right, to all and everything. You are to act towards all property of Allah, whether accumulation, dispensation, anything of such property, only within the boundaries set to you by the ultimate owner, Allah. So can you own a house? Can you buy produce? Can you tax people? How much interest rate is allowed? Can you set price controls? Can you butcher and eat animals? Can you cut trees for timber? Can you harvest plants for food? Can you take someone else's property? Can you take someone else's life? Can you marry someone? Can you father children? Allah as the ultimate owner of you and yours will tell you how much of that you can do. Imagine yourself arriving in someone's garden. Imagine him telling you what you can and cannot do in his garden. Allah's stake is even higher than that since Allah created you and sent you to that garden. You are a part of that garden albeit a sentient one, and to Allah is the highest of examples. So this is the underlying legal system for Muslims. Allah owns everything. Allah will tell us how do we deal with everything, how do we live our lives as he intended for us, up to the moment we die, and our property is passed to others, in accordance with Allah's laws as well. This settles a major question for mankind. How do we legislate? Who can make or change rules? As a Muslim, the answer is, you live in Allah's kingdom, you live by Allah's laws, period. Imagine living in a society where laws are eternally fixed. Granted, these laws have to be exactly perfect. Who wants to live in a flawed eternal legal system that cannot be changed? And hence, the promise Allah gave us in Ayah 105 of the same episode. A system so great, other nations will look at it with envy. The Ayah continues, And to you, there are none beneath Allah of patron, no champion. Your allegiance is to Allah and no one else. You are not to take any commands that contradicts Allah's own commands from anyone, 
There are no patrons, lords, or kings between you and the ultimate owner. No one can champion your cause or rally to your aid against Allah. You cannot contradict Allah's commands for any reason. Don't say I was following orders or I had to. There can be no legislative bodies or royal decrees countermanding Quran. Even if they issue such commands to you, don't obey them. You are accountable for your own soul. This is again the social contract for a Muslim society. Don't disobey Allah in order to obey anyone else. Allah is the ultimate king. You, your rulers, your kings, and everyone above and below are Allah's slaves, Allah's things. The laws of Allah are the laws of the land. It is his land you live on and his air you breathe. Full stop. Again, this directive can only be revoked or expanded upon by Allah and no one else. Ayah 108 Or do you want to question your messenger? Same as was questioned Musa beforehand. And whosoever exchanges kufr with faith will have so lost the heart of the path. And this is where you get the link we foresaw earlier. Remember when we heard Bani Israel questioning Musa about everything, the butchering of the cow, demanding to see Allah plainly, asking for mundane foods. Remember when they said we heard and we disobey. Did you perchance make fun of them back then? Did you think to yourself, what is wrong with them? Why don't they just obey Allah's commands? Allah here is telling you, this is your chance to say, we hear and we obey. Don't follow in the footsteps of those who miss the forest for the trees. Those who rebelled and questioned every command they were given. This is no joking matter. Allah is laying the legislative groundwork for his nation and his people. The ayah continues. For those who think to do so, don't exchange the darkness for the light. If you do question, object and rebel against Allah's commandments, same as what faced Musa, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him beforehand, you will have missed the heart of the path. The path is wide and clear. Don't skip it and traverse the rocky terrain around it. And so we come to the end of this episode. We started with the mandate of Allah. Allah demands absolute obedience even over our speech. In return, Allah promises a system unlike any mankind ever saw or devised. A system designed with perfect measures, perfect rules that will be the envy of everyone else. A system where the legislative power lies with Allah and no one else. No one person can change the rules and cheat you of your own rights or property because he won an election. A system in which all of us, the people and their rulers, are the subjects of the King of Kings, the ultimate owner and ruler of the universe. Allah encourages us. This is the moment of truth. Come, listen and obey. Don't be like those of Bani Israel who missed the forest for the trees. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, I leave you in the peace and blessings of Allah.